Friends, to trust Jesus is to be a tent-dwelling pilgrim. To trust Him means to lean into Him, to cling to Him. We trust Him today, wherever you are on the pilgrim way. Welcome to First and Foremost, a weekly broadcast of First Presbyterian Church in the heart of downtown Greenville. Senior Pastor Richard Gibbons invites you to join us as we study God's Word together and discover what is first and foremost in our lives. If you have your Bibles with you, I would invite you to turn to Genesis 12 for our Old Testament reading, and then we will look at Hebrews 11 for our selection in the New Testament. And as you turn there. I, I'm normally uh, in the fellowship hall at the Ignite worship service. Sort of been there for the past year or so. And, and this morning I, I did the 830 service and a, a, a lady came up to me and she said, uh, um, we haven't seen you around a lot. And uh, she sounded happy about that. And I, I didn't quite know how to take that. But uh, it is a, a joy to be up here as we open God's Word and have his spirit teach us this morning, no matter who's up here or how long it's been. Listen to God's word. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Hebrews 11 gives a little more color and texture to this call story of now Abraham, as God changed his name, beginning in verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 11, listen to God's word. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Verse 11, By faith Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. 
They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. They've been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Friends, this is a word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Does anyone remember the 90s craze called Magic Eye? You may not can see it, you back row Baptists back there, but this is Magic Eye. And Magic Eye's deal, here's, here's the whole deal with Magic Eye, is that you are supposed to open it up and look what looks like just a bunch of mishmash of colors. There you go, choir. Um, is these squiggly lines, if you look at it long enough and if you have the right technique, then suddenly a 3D image will magically appear. So you, you take it real close. And, and what they say is, in order for this to happen, you've got to focus your eyes as if you were looking at a faraway object. So you, you can't look too intently at it. You have to, what they call, diverge your eyes as if you're looking out into the distance. Now, I'm not sure how that exactly works. I spent the last three days trying to get this. It hasn't happened with me. Um, but that's what they say. So you take it here, you move it away, and then suddenly, after practice and patience, a 3D image will magically appear. Abraham could have been a test case in Magic Eye's research and development phase. As we saw in Genesis 12 and in Hebrews 11, he had to look at his situation, which was a bunch of squiggly lines, a bunch of mismatch of color. He was called to go somewhere, but he didn't know where. Hey, Abraham, where are you going? I don't know. But he had to focus his eyes on a faraway object, this city that is to come, to look forward. So here's where we're going this morning. We're going two places. We're going to first look at Abraham's call to be a pilgrim. And secondly, we're going to look at Abraham's call to project. And we'll unpack that a little bit. And, and here's a summary of... You didn't drink your coffee this morning and you're about to fall asleep. Just get this and then you can. Here it is. When God calls, when God calls pilgrims, he has the power to do what he's promised to do. It's true in Abraham's life. It's true in your life. It's true in my life. When God calls you as a pilgrim, he has the power to do what he's promised to do. Now, you may be thinking, rack, 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 kind of like the Charlie Brown adult voices that I've never understood anyway. But this is important um, for one very specific reason. In talking with some of you, I know that there are folks here in this room this Lord's Day that God is calling you to something specific. 
He has been calling you to trust him in a specific area in your life, and you're struggling with it. It's hard. You don't know where you're going. For some of you, Jesus is calling you to trust him as your Lord, as your Savior, and you don't know what all that means, but you're interested, and you're here, and maybe you've been sitting here for a lot of months or a lot of years, but you don't know how that works, and you're a little embarrassed, but maybe that's what Jesus is calling you to himself and I say this not for hyperbole or over-exaggeration, but today could change your life. That's the hope. That's our prayer. First, Abraham's call to be a pilgrim, verses 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when called to go place, he'd later receive as an inheritance. He did what? He obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Now, we aren't told how that call came to Abraham. It maybe was it a psychedelic vision like Ezekiel. We're just told that the way it lays out, it came from the outside of himself. It came from God. He didn't take a personality test. He didn't take a spiritual gifts assessment and then become a stranger in a foreign country. He was summoned. He was called and the text says, simply, but not so simply, he obeyed and went. See, back in Ur of the Chaldees, Abraham and Sarah knew their deal. They had a pretty sweet life. They were important. They had a bunch of animals. They had a bunch of servants. They had wealth, and they had status, and they had prestige. They got their picture in Greenville Talk magazine every week doing the whatever ball, charity ball in their tuxedos. They knew the deal. But when they were called, they could no longer rely on this known lifestyle. And as we, we look at the past couple weeks, first we saw uh, with Charlie and John 11, uh, this, this ending of a life with Lazarus, but it wasn't the ending of a life. This sickness will not end in death. Last week, Stan talked with you about the ending with the disciples of a livelihood. Come follow. So it was come forth, Lazarus. Come follow, disciples. And today we're looking at the ending of a lifestyle with Abraham. Come have faith. It's not easy, though. His response, like the disciples, was quick, even though he didn't know where he was going. In, in the original language, it, it, it sort of reads like this. By faith, while he was being called, he obeyed and went. Almost instantaneously. It wasn't, I've called you, let me go think about it for a month or two or two years and get my ledger and do the pros and the cons and sort of see how it balances out. By faith, while he was being called, Abraham obeyed. Where he was going wasn't as important as the fact that he actually get going. That is the emphasis here. God didn't give him the place that he was to land, ultimately. And the text says he, he made his home in the promised land like, like a stranger. And, and that word has this idea of a, 
of a pilgrim, and I don't necessarily want you to think Thanksgiving there, but a pilgrim is simply one who leaves a one place in order to go to a sacred place, another place, for spiritual or religious reasons. Now, that's why the pilgrims came over here, but there's a much broader sense of this idea of being a pilgrim. Another word that we don't use quite as much is a sojourner. That, that's the idea of a, a temporary resident. You're, you're passing through. You don't have roots. Also notice that the text says he made his home in the promised land like a stranger, an alien, like a pilgrim in a foreign country, and he lived in what? He lived in tents. Now, again, this Abraham was a man of means. He lived in a big honking house in the Ur of Chaldees, and now he lives in a tent. Any of you like to camp? You know, maybe? I, I, I'll admit, I don't like to camp, okay? I'm not a big fan, but, but when I was living in Richmond and our kids were younger, I sort of had to check the box for being a good dad and take your kids camping. So I went on Craigslist, bought a tent, and in our backyard, uh, I spent all day on a July Friday, seven hours putting up a six-man tent. Okay, easy assembly, didn't work with me, okay? Don't believe it, at least you have a mind like mine. Um, but on that Friday night, we had a tent, and I, I look at my house, the back of my house, 20 yards away, and there's a plug. There's an outlet. I'm thinking, I've got an orange extension cord. I've got some box fans. I'm going to go get a fan. So I got a fan, and I got my son's, at the time, seven-year-old single mattress, and I threw it in this tent, and I did the camping thing on that Friday night. But, but you know what? The next morning, I slept like a baby. It was great. Fan, mattress. I got out of the tent and went in the backyard of my house and ate my cereal in the house. Not so much the case with Abraham here. He didn't have that luxury, an outlet, trucking a mattress from the house, having a home with a refrigerator to eat food the next morning. As a pilgrim tent dweller, he was continually on the move. He couldn't put down roots. He didn't have that luxury. How many of you moved at least once in your life? Probably everyone, or at least most of you. And if you've moved, you know that feeling of unsettledness. Or if you've had to have some of your house renovated and you couldn't use your kitchen and all that, you know what it feels like to be unsettled, to not be able to put down roots. Like us, when there's been upheaval and you can't put down roots and you're feeling unsettled and there's this, there's this level of angst going around in your mind and in your heart. I think he looked at this, this magic eye thing. He looked at a picture here and he got frustrated because the details weren't making sense. It wasn't coming into focus. He couldn't figure it out and maybe he thought this whole thing was a scam. Maybe he wasted $19.99 on this book from Amazon. Romans 4. Now, now be clear. Abraham is, is our example of faith. 
above all others. But, but Paul tells us, even when he received the promises, that his faith still needed to be strengthened. So if his faith still needed to be strengthened, I'm not very bright, but I can put those two together. At some point, his faith was lacking a little bit. It needed to be propped up. It needed to be strengthened. That's comforting to me. Some of you have maybe thought that life, you are like a stranger in a foreign land. That God has you in exile. That maybe because of something you've done, God is punishing you for some sin, and this is why these things are happening. You can't figure it out. You, you, things aren't coming into focus. Or you're confused because you've tended the store faithfully for years, maybe decades, maybe, maybe you've put your heart and soul into the company, and you finally got it to a great place, you finally got it to where, and then the bottom drops out. You feel betrayed. You're frustrated because it doesn't seem to make sense. There's no doubt hardship for Abraham. We get a sense of that from Hebrews 11. As a stranger in a foreign country, he had a lot of disadvantages. Economically, he wasn't part of the in crowd. He couldn't work his networks. And, and there's just sort of some, some negativity going on here if you read it. He didn't know where he was going. When they died, they didn't receive the promises. He saw the city, but he saw it at a distance. Not knowing, not receiving, not possessing. But yet, there was hope for him. There's hope for us. For he was looking forward. First, Abraham, you and me, are called to be a pilgrim. That is our way of life. That's our perspective. And it's going to cause some feeling of unsettledness. It's going to cause some feeling of upheaval. But secondly, we're, we're called to project. We're called to project 13 through 16. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They were longing for a better country. And God says he's not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared in the future a city for them. Abraham was called to project in the future. His hope is future-oriented. It's not to be fulfilled in a piece of real estate. In fact, Abraham never owned one piece of dirt in Canaan, save a burial plot he bought for Sarah. That's the only thing he owned. That's his inheritance. This sense of looking forward, it has this idea of an intense yearning, a longing, a hope. Abraham saw what was in front of him and it didn't make sense. A bunch of lines, but he changed his focus to the city that is to come. 
whose builder and architect is God. And with patience and with practice, what they say here in Magic Eye, his eyes turned to a faraway object and it came into focus for him. Okay, true confessions. As I got north of 40, when I went to get my eye exam, I secretly wanted them to say, Phil, you need glasses. Okay, because I read studies that say if you wear glasses, people perceive you as being more intelligent. Okay, I need all the help I can get, all right? In my SAT, I was south of 1,000, okay? And I know you get a couple hundred points for even signing your name. I get that. But, but when I put these glasses on and I look at my phone or I look at a page, it becomes sharper than when I don't have them on. When Abraham projected in the future and when he diverged his eyes, when he put on a different set of glasses, he got that prescription to do it, suddenly it came into focus. It magically appeared. Faith is forward-looking, trusting that God will keep his promises, that things will come into faithful into focus because God is faithful. Abraham left because he believed he was getting a better deal. The city that was to come was far better than his tent. The city that was to come was better than sleeping in my backyard, even with a mattress, even with a fan. When I went around the corner and went into 801 Forest Avenue in Richmond, Virginia, with the air condition and the queen-size pillow-top mattress, that was better. Tent life is temporary. A home has foundations. A city whose building and architect is God is stable. It's sure. It's not moving. It doesn't depend on weather most of the time. It's there and it's going to be there. And that's what he was projecting. That's what his eyes are facing. And that gave him the motivation to be a pilgrim, to be an alien, to be a foreigner in a strange land. Any of you ever taken a vacation to Disney? Gone to Disney World. You gotta, you gotta do that also to be a good parent, by the way. You gotta do it and spend way too much money on tickets and all that stuff. But if you've, if you've been there, you know, especially if you drive from Greenville, it's what, eight or ten hours? And as you get closer, on I believe Interstate 4, and as you start seeing the signs for Disney and, and you veer off the exit from the interstate, and as you get closer and you park in the parking lot and you park your car and you flag down the train, train, scooter, scooter, train, train, scooter, scooter, train, train thing that takes you to the pond, and then you get on that boat and you look across and you see, oh, there's a magic kingdom. There's that city that you makes all the, the drive, the stopping for bathroom, all that stuff that goes wrong or whatever, it makes it worth it because you can anticipate and you can hope just when you get on that boat and just when you exit, you're at the Magic Kingdom and all is well in Walt's world. Friends, how much greater the kingdom when we anticipate this kingdom that after a day or two and you've worn out and you spent way too much money that God has prepared for those who walk the pilgrim way. That's us. Where has God been nudging you to go? It may be literally going somewhere. I don't know. It may be staying somewhere. It may be staying in that marriage, even though you're not feeling the love anymore. 
even though you don't think being with him or her will make you happy. It may be moving out. It may be you're engaged, boyfriend and girlfriend, you're living together because you may think you're saving money or seeing if you're compatible. It may be moving out. What's God calling you to do in a specific area of your life? Where's your Botswana? Where's that place that God is calling you to move? And if you haven't answered the call first and foremost to follow Jesus, all this talk about being a pilgrim, it shouldn't make a lot of sense to you. Why would you do that? Grab life by the horns. Make all the money you can do. Stuff yourself with pleasures. Experience the world. Solomon did that, and his summary is in the book of Ecclesiastes. Meaningless, meaningless. All is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Jim Carrey, $150 million net worth, said it like this. I wish everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they ever wanted so that they would know that's not the answer. Friends, this pilgrim way, though hard, is the only thing that will ultimately satisfy your heart. Hebrews 11 is the honor roll of faith, and it ends with Jesus in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, pilgrim way, the race marked out for us. And here's how we project. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured at the hands of sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Like Abraham and Sarah, Jesus was a pilgrim, John says this about the incarnation. He says, Now the Word became flesh and dwelt. And, and that verb literally means He dwelt among us. He pitched His tent among us. He was a camper. He was a twin tent dweller. He didn't have a home, and at the end of his life, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, he found himself crowded out of the world and onto a cross. The fact that he did that means that he's prepared a better country, friends, a heavenly one for those who trust in him. Friends, to trust Jesus is to be a tent-dwelling pilgrim. To trust him means to lean into him, to cling to him. We trust him today, wherever you are on the pilgrim way. Pray with me. Father, your word says that you are the great shepherd and the sheep, as if they know you, will hear your voice. And I pray that you would make your voice very clear, maybe irritatingly so this morning, that we can't get away from it. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's an adventure that you call us to. 
and one in which we will ultimately find soul rest and deep satisfaction. Lord, make us pilgrims for your glory and for your good. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you missed a Sunday? Go to our website to watch previous broadcasts, download a podcast, or purchase a CD or DVD. And don't forget to connect with First Pres by liking us on Facebook and Twitter, signing up to receive emails, or requesting prayer online.